your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey, 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 you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You just heard two songs from Japan. The last one you just heard was Amasaka Gucci's XL from her new EP, XL. And the first song we played for tonight was Yama's Kubitake. Now, you might be wondering if you've been tuning into the show for a while that you're hearing a bit of a different voice tonight. Well, that's because Leisha is off in Sydney or was off in Sydney at the time of recording and needed someone to help edit and put together tonight's show. And guess what? It's former executive producer Senya. So if you've been tuning in since last year, you might have heard my voice quite regularly. And of course, you'll hear me again in tonight's discussions. Now, as for what we'll be talking about tonight, we'll of course be touching on why Leisha is over in Sydney, as well as a little bit about the hit K-drama series Extraordinary Attorney Wu, a little bit about the Melbourne International Film Festival that's happening at the moment, as well as a bit about spam. So, a weird mix-up, but don't worry, we'll make it as engaging as possible, starting with this next song from Only One Of's KB, and that is his song Be Free, which is the second installment of the Underground Idol series, in which each Only One Of member gets a solo release. So we hope you enjoy this one, and we'll catch you on the flip side here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Yo, 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 this is Sin, and you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, giving you the freshest hits from around Asia. You just heard a triple whammy from Korea, starting with the only one of KB's Be Free. After that, we played a song from a member of the legendary Wonder Girls, and that is Sonye's Just a Dancer. And that last hit you heard was Kino from Pentagon's Pose. Now you might be thinking, why so many K-pop hits? Well... You're in luck if you're a K-pop stan because we actually got some media passes to the How You Pop Festival in Sydney and Leisha's here to be our representative for the How You Pop Fest which happened last Saturday and Sunday and at the time of this recording we are excited to share some of our thoughts about what to expect at How You Pop Fest. Hey guys, have you heard of K-pops? Oh my god. god. Do you like squids? Oh no, 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 no. We're not going down that route. But we are talking about K-pop because uh our EP uh, at the time of recording is gonna do something uh, really, really interesting surrounding a K-pop. Tell us about it, Alicia. What is it? That we're talking about the Hallu Pop Fest, which occurred on the 13th and 14th of August. And yeah, we're talking about it because drum roll. ATN got invited to go, baby. No way. No way. Not clickbait. Literally not clickbait. Real exclamation mark. Lisa, who will be showing up at this festival? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean the artist? Got one lineup. Me, everyone's coming to Holly Pop Fest just to see Asia Pop Nation's executive producer. Me, of course. No. Yeah. We have a booth, guys. Come meet us. Yeah, We will sign your posters. <laughs> false advertising disclaimer. This is false advertising. Yes, the actual disclaimer. lineup I do actually have in front of me on Saturday. Headliner is Chen. SF9, Changha, Everglow, P1 Harmony. And then on Saturday, headliner is fellow EXO boy Kai, followed by Astro, Oh My Girl, Kepler, and Wanus. And that is probably one of the most stacked uh, K pop events that's going to ever happen in Australia. Exactly. Yeah. How did this happen? How? No, how no, I but know. we're happy about it. Exactly. It seems like such a, because from my knowledge, they typically, I mean, again, from my knowledge, it is already happened in london which had a slightly different set list like there's some similarities some differences so i was very surprised that yes. out of nowhere they were just like oh yeah sydney you're next too and i'm like oh okay yeah it looks like it's like a franchise sort of thing like they're just going to do a series of cape festivals around the globe um london got paul kim and sam kim as like oh just like a soloist on each day as an opener um uh, which is good for them uh i guess but I feel sad that we don't get Sam Kim, but that's okay. It's my you know, grievance. Where are the extra solo boys with the heartfelt songs? <laughs> but I guess we're going to be grateful. Yeah. 
with what we had. And the crowd banter, man. Like there was all this. There's there was a lot of fun crowd banter um, with those soloist guys because they were both like fluent English speakers as well. Ah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and then I guess hmm, I'm like looking at our lineup that we have. Hmm. <laughs> God, guys, I don't know what to say because it's all. It's gonna be Changha, <laughs> Changha holding down the English speaker fort. And um, what's the guy's name? Kiho from P One Harmony. Yeah, yeah. Who is uh, yes. a lot of people know to him as like a person who has formerly been quite active on Stan Twitter world. So a lot of his like, like his mannerism of how he speaks and everything is very like, like I don't I don't know how to explain. It's just oh my like, god! Yeah, wasn't he a hardcore EXO or a hardcore army? Oh, I I think it was I think it was a big like I don't army i think it was it was a time like i don't know either People way should... it's fun that he's actually like on the same show as xa guys that's kind of funny that is kind of funny, but anyway yeah. we, we want to talk about you leisha so when did you get when did you get the call so oh. when did you have to go down oh i mean again you know as an ep always working on little things behind the scenes that even the team members don't know hush hush just... <laughs> Top secret stuff. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Top, top secret information. But I was like, this has been like in the works for a bit. Uh, definitely once we reach, I guess, the ending opportunity, which was like, okay, set, we're ready to go. It like that one kind of came as like a like a meteor. <laughs> That's not the word to describe it. It just kind of came like really sudden and stuff like that. But of course, we're really super grateful and very excited for this opportunity. And I'll do APN proud, guys, as the main rep going yeah. to Sydney. And yeah. Can you, can you vlog? <laughs> just ask Say time. it on air right now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, I have been bombarded with vlogging requests by this team since day one. And now they have pressured me on air to... <laughs> to verbally say if I will vlog or not. Um, no. <laughs> no. That's okay. We have a radio show. It would be weird to vlog. Yeah, That's exactly. like not our domain. Yeah, exactly. See, Tracy's on my side. Of the- my bad. Can you <laughs> vlog for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, for, for Lee? Like bestie. Sure, bestie. bestie. <laughs> I'll vlog for me. Isn't that just Instagram stories? Like... Oh. Oh, yes, yes, you know, Instagram stories, yes. I guess if you're listening, by the time this episode comes out and you're listening, we will definitely have a full, like, Instagram story highlight on our account of just videos and, like, photos of everything that would have happened at the event. So I guess if we want, like, immediate visualization of what happened before we properly talk about the festival when it does, like, once the opportunity has like passed and we actually had time to like i don't know properly talk about it in our future show yeah <laughs> well good luck Lisha, for your sydney trip you've never been to sydney before so that's gonna oh. be an experience by the way if you go to sydney and you go to the trains and you know how their seats <laughs> <laughs> yes they sit, yeah they swivel back and it's, forth yeah yeah guess what <laughs> guess what oh my god yes the chairs and his dad made them like designed them. Design like effort he was like no 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 no. <laughs> no no it was just him it was just him we're, we're claiming it for the asians and exactly yeah. this is asian pop nations all about highlighting asian reps so only Sydney's dad <laughs> made these chairs on sydney trains yeah so for given, wiping the records clean it was only Sydney's dad dad give him your roses <laughs> i'm sure phrases. there was some asians of the team i don't know engineering you know pretty Asian. Xenia, just Asian put all that aside. There. Put all okay. that aside. You are royalty. At least Leisha vl- vlogged the chairs. Exactly. Okay. Well, one yeah. thing I'll vlog, it is the chairs. Watch on our Asian publication, like social media, it's just going to be me using the chairs. So yes. like, they're they're yeah. very the clever. <laughs> this is sitting forwards, sitting backwards. Back. Whoa. Whoa. I'm pretty sure they went viral on TikTok a while back. Like, people were like, can you believe that the trains in Sydney or Australia do this? And, like, there was all this <laughs> oh, stuff. Yeah. People be like, whoa, accent. they move, they move. <laughs> I love that accent. <laughs> you sound exactly like the automated woman. Yeah. Australia. Yeah. No, city trains are cool. Uh, they just have a lot of trains. They have good frequencies. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't wait to just check out everything again. Tracy mentioned it very early on. This is my first time going to Sydney. So, wow, I am on APN duty. You know, we're going to do a little sightseeing. We don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I guess... 
Hollywood Fest APN takeover. Yeah. Yeah. You can do yeah. it, Alicia. Yeah. Make us proud. Be sure to stay tuned to our show on the next week. Where we will definitely do a much more in-depth talk about everything that went down during Hollywood Fest, and who knows, sprinkles of content here and there on our social media, on the Sin website as well. Who knows? You're just gonna have to keep an eye out on us. And yeah, I guess if I meant social social media, I definitely should mention that we are at Asian Pop Nation Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and yeah. <laughs> This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We played. Replay by Golden Child, Walking on the Moon by Tan, and fun fact about this last song we just played: the band ATBO was originally going to be called ABO, but for reasons that I'm sure you can figure out by saying it together, those letters, they decided not to go with that. Anyway, that song you heard was ATBO's Monochrome in brackets. Color because we're going to be talking about a very colorful and sweet K drama, extraordinary attorney Wu, and some of the thoughts that our members who have seen a couple of the episodes think about the show. Take it away. So anyone who regularly or occasionally checks out the K drama scene would definitely be super aware of this new hit K drama that has everyone eagerly keeping up to each new episode. We are, of course, talking about Extraordinary Attorney Wu, which is an ongoing South Korean television series which stars Park Eun-bin as Wu Young-woo, who is a young attorney with autism spectrum disorder who cracks cases in brilliant and unique ways. So, at the time of us recording this show, only me and Tracy have watched the show. Tracy, what episode are you up to? Two. Episode two. two. I'm up to episode 10, and I think not all episodes are out yet, so our thoughts may change in the future once the show ends. First off, is it good? Yes. Yes? I like it. You do? It's like very, like, it's just bouncy and upbeat, and it reminds me of Paddington. Paddington? <laughs> oh yeah, my god! Oh, really? Wait, that's it. like the best description ever. Yeah, like, everything is lit quite, like, all the night scenes are lit really warmly. Mm. And, like, all the um, interiors have, like, nice, funky accessory decorations. It's a bright-looking show, at least from the previews I've seen. Yeah, it's just really colourful and really twee Mm. in Mm. a Paddington sort of way. And also, like, it's almost like a live-action cartoon. I wouldn't say live-action anime because live-action animes aren't good, but it has a really cartoony flavour to it. I don't know. Like, it's just very wholesome and it doesn't take place in the real world uh-huh. like the real world we live in it takes place in like a fictionalized version of the real world where good people are super good and bad people are super bad and i don't know it's <laughs> and like everyone's interior decoration game is more on point i agree everything you yeah. said on point she has a best friend called rami and they do this like oh my god her room yeah. is so nice you get to see it later is she the hip-hop girl <laughs> yeah 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 i really like her character it's very vibrant and <laughs> she has like this greeting she does with Yongwoo when they meet i think people might have heard this sound on like tiktok or something but it's like ooh to the young to the ooh and then she's like <laughs> Tong to the goo to the rabbi, and then they dab. Oh, what? Oh, I no. have heard that. No I actually way. have. Yeah. Have? That. No, Wait, they actually dab like yeah. you know on the screen, like it's bona fide. <laughs> many it's, times. Like, it's real. Many times. This is yeah. like JP's like negative, <laughs> not wanting to watch this K drama. Actually, no. This is a positive. That's I'm gonna positive. watch it right now. Where's <laughs> a, any, any piece of paper? Watch Extraordinary Attorney right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, how did how did they have the balls to do that? Like how did that get greenlit in the back room? I can't believe it. I can't Anytime believe it. Anytime she's on screen, I just laugh so hard. It's so funny. <laughs> do you want to talk about the acting in this? Is it good? Well, the main thing is that Park Eun-bin is Woo Young-woo, and she actually turned the part down at first because she was afraid she wouldn't be able to like faithfully depict someone with autism spectrum disorder. Oh. And then the director like waited a year and then offered it to her again. And then she was like, okay, maybe. And then, she, yeah, I think she did a good job. 
like obviously nothing is going to be like like a perfect depiction because obviously it's a spectrum it differs from person to person um but if you don't know a lot about autism it can be quite educational to learn about things like echolalia and like ticks and stimming and that sort of thing but it's just cool that the protagonist has autism and everyone around her just like supports her it's a nice like like, like no one's making fun of her or anything right like they make fun of her at the beginning they're like they have their doubts and then oh, in like oh. two seconds they're like actually no oh I she's pretty you. all right oh yeah that's cute so this is what i mean like it's very like yeah. comfort watching sort of thing where it's like oh my god imagine if we were all accepted <laughs> but it also you know speaks to the stigma that autism has because people underestimate Yongwu a lot even though she's a really great attorney because she's like you know awkward in social situations and like can't go through a revolving door and that sort of thing yeah and fun fact apparently she was inspired by temple grandin was she the one that designed uh, the cow slaughterhouses yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like feeder machines for slaughter. yeah she's a cool woman. right did she have autism as well yeah. yeah, she has autism, oh. and she wrote a book about it that was pretty cool. Thinking in pictures and other reports from my life with autism. If you read her books, it's like autism from an autistic person's perspective. So it's mm-hmm. not like, oh my god, this is a weird thing. She's like, this is normal, uh-huh. and everyone else is weird. Hearing that though, yeah, that makes the show sound even more promising. Like, I'm more inclined to watch this now. They tried, I guess. They also they tried, tried. Guess, with the legal stuff. Like, it, there's like two strands of like uh-huh. research they obviously had to do. Like, one was like how to faithfully depict an autistic person's like mannerisms and thought patterns, and the second was like how to describe Korean law to like non-law people. Oh, it's hell enough researching one. I feel sorry for the translators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ollie, I actually have a question. Yeah. In terms of like the romance. On a scale of like unbearable to I would watch this for only the romance, how good or bad is it? Okay, so I must have missed how the male lead fell in love with the female lead because I have no idea how it even started because he was like nice from day one. It was just, oh, nice person. Oh, suddenly he's like her this whole time and i'm like what since when I thought there was, was no nice. pining looks mm. or there was from the guy only <laughs> uh... and then she obviously explores her like form of or like her understanding of love is um, that what kept you watching like all 10 episodes nah what else? kept me watching was each new case and how mm. she solved them so I don't know. I thought if there was no romance, I would be fine with it. But yeah, the guy is great looking. Who is he looks like shiny? Minnie. He seems too nice. Just like yes, too perfect. Yes, yeah, he actually is. They scare me probably more so than the ones that are like completely bad. There's too many green flags that you wonder. Is there a red flag somewhere? Where are the red flags? Well, definitely, they always find like a fun like twist way to like end the um yeah. cases like it doesn't they don't go forward in a straightforward way but also as the audience you don't get all the clues from the beginning they always like pull out something halfway through like haha you thought it was going to be like this no here's some new evidence that's come to light and then they manage to wrap up the case really neatly like that it's not like like suspenseful or anything everything's just wrapped up super neatly in bows if you want your whole life to be just wrapped up neatly. That sounds really grim, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if you wish that, you know, maybe life was less messy and had better interior design, I think that Extraordinary Attorney would be a good watch. Agree. And if you have already watched it and have any thoughts about it, let us know at Asian Pop Nation on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. Hey, this is Asian Pop Nation. We play Take Off by Misfits. After that, we played Koo Wing's Camellia. And that last song you heard was Mr. Bad from PH1 featuring Wu On Jay. Now, 
We all have our opinions as to whether rom-coms and romance films are bad, but we found an interesting comparison that was happening on the internet between Purple Hearts and Wedding Season, two fake dating, fake marriage movies that have come out recently. And so we're here at Asian Pop Nation to say our two cents on the matter. Take it away, team. So I would like to say that at the moment in our show, we're slowly entering into the film category. I mean, right now, I'm predominantly going to be talking about two romance movies that I watched very recently that I think for a lot of people who have been scrolling around like Twitter, TikTok, whatever social media platform you prefer, these two movies, maybe one in particular, have kind of been swarming, <laughs> I would say, just social media platforms everywhere. Um, But yeah, I'm here to talk about two movies that just came out on Netflix, both around the first week of August, and they both share the same trope which is the fake dating slash marriage trope very common in romance Xenia is my right hand person to confirm that this is a <laughs> trope that does exist do you it's like good it when done well okay yes and I will tell you whether binder one does it well but okay little story time I guess so I also a fellow person who scrolls around the internet and whatnot saw this movie this particular one called Purple Hearts which was gaining a lot of attention and by a lot I mean at the moment it has the highest number of viewing hours for a film on Netflix this year beating um The Gray Man which was one action movie that a lot of people were excited for when it actually came out a mixed bag but I'm not talking about The Gray Man we're, we're sticking to the romance war right now so Purple Hearts um it had 102.6 million viewing hours worldwide and I think at the moment it still stands is like the number one film people are watching at the moment on Netflix. Very, very popular. It has the fake marriage trope and follows um, this character named Cassie, played by Sophie Carson, who's like a struggling singer and a troubled Marine named Luke, who's played by uh, Nicholas Galitzin. And they get married to each other purely for the military benefits that a married couple would have. Purely it's like on a financial way. Um, they just gain like a lot of money. But with that movie, there's been a lot of backlash since it came out. There was like a lot of initial hype. And then right after the initial hype, which got everybody to start watching it, then slowly it started like tumbling down like a roller coaster because, spoiler alert, the movie has a lot of um, misogynistic, racist <laughs> comments about it. Yeah, and I did watch it. And after watching it, I felt like I needed a palate cleanser before I do say so. And one movie that a lot of people were talking about that also just came out at the same time as Purple Hearts and also has a similar trope that everyone was recommending as a good palate cleanser for Purple Hearts was the movie Wedding Season and this one is a rom-com also follows a similar trope but instead of fake marriage it's just fake dating and Wedding Season stars Indian Australian actress Haliva Sharda and Indian actor Suraj Sharma who played the characters Asha and Ravi and in the movie essentially these two characters they agree to fake date only for the duration of like this summer wedding season and also purely because it's just a way for them to have all like their aunties and families to like stop pressuring them to get like married and stuff like that so they're like oh we pretend we're dating throughout this wedding season people will just like leave us alone type of thing and yeah so I watched these two movies back to back and I guess at the end of the day I'm just here to confirm or deny the statement that people are saying that wedding season this movie is a better I I guess fake dating slash marriage trope film for people to watch during the August time compared to Purple Hearts. Um, and my stance is yes, wedding season. <laughs> Yeah, I guess after that really long exposition and my little story time, I'm very open to questions from everyone else here. Why do you think purple? Why do you think Purple Hearts got so popular, considering how um bad it was as a viewing experience? Okay, I I still kind of don't really get where the initial hype came from personally, but from what I figure, I don't know if people are just really desperate for a fake dating trope movie out of Netflix or something, but that's how I see personally but for some people from what I see they think the two main leads have like very good chemistry I beg to differ but um that's kind of the main thing that that people were like going off by and I guess people just ignored every other scene that was happening in the movie 
I mean, good. if if people want a um a fun a, a film where the two leads have good chemistry and it's about fake dating, um, you could watch In the Mood for Love. That yeah, that. That is 100% yeah, true. That's pinnacle. That's pinnacle. That is true. But if you want a nice little mediocre, but not mediocre in a bad way, just a nice, like, mellow, easy watch rom-com film with a dash of, of course, Asian family pressures and pains and a little mini crying session because you're like, oof, a bit too relatable to my family situation. Watch Wedding Season. Yay. <laughs> yeah, there is like a scene in Wedding Season. Okay. This is where I'll explain like this typical thing that usually happens in romance movies where, you know, couple gets together, especially with fake dating ones. They get together on like a fake one, but obviously you know that they will fall in love with each other towards the end. But then there'll be a sudden misunderstanding or like conflict that happens. And then that conflict like breaks them apart for a bit. But then they realize, oh my God, like we love each other so much, blah, blah, blah. Wedding season has a actually unexpectedly quite a emotionally charged conflict scene because it involves like their entire family and stuff and then the stemming of it comes from the fact that Ravi the male lead DJs and his parents know that he DJs but the parents put a lie for everyone else in their like local Indian community that his like son graduated from MIT and is having a startup company and stuff like that so that is like surprisingly the big conflict moment comes from DJing of all places but it was actually very not expecting for the movie to be very heartfelt in that moment and then that was where I was like wow okay like this movie it has some heart unlike a movie called Purple Hearts but um yeah again at the end of the day this is just my message for the people who are like looking at Purple Hearts gaining a lot of popularity at the moment and then you're just really disappointed after watching it give wedding season a go maybe it might not be exactly in the same formula because I think Purple Hearts goes in a much more emotional route and wedding season it does have its emotional moments but it's more on the rom-com spectrum but I still think wedding season like a nice fun little watch definitely helped me a lot when I was just in my bed and like coughing my lungs out from being sick but yeah because that's my stance about it that movie is two hours long by the way I thought it was only like an hour I thought it was only like an hour of my time wedding season is only like an hour 15 minutes I think and then Purple Hearts is like two hours long and I was just I was like internally crying the entire time and not because the characters were going through emotional times just because I was hating the whole movie the entire time oh Sophia Carson I liked you when I was a teenager in Disney's Descendants but this one is um interesting interesting I I mean I'm personally not a fan of like military romance I don't really <laughs> see that as a genre but a lot of people not do even crash landing on you oh <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not watch crash landing with you I, I i feel like that's like the outlier the exception that's the one i hear generally everybody likes but don't go watching purple hearts thinking it's gonna be crash landing on you 2.0 it, it's very far from that that's all i have to say <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that was my little almost rant slash thought piece even about these two movies that came out around the exact same time and share almost similar premises but go in like different routes. And I guess my own two cents about these two movies and how Wedding Season is the superior fun little rom-com mediocre movie that definitely people should just watch if they want to relax their brain. But yeah, you know, very curious about you, listener, your thoughts and whether you've seen these movies. And if you have, feel free to share it with us through Asia Pop Nation on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I guess ring the bells. It's wedding season film worldwide. It's not real life. None of us are getting married in APN. Yay. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You just heard three requests from our listeners. One was Fana's Trace of Stars, a request from Andrew. And those last two were from Matthew. With finalies, Kimi ni Saita Rinaria and Yueni's Uron Wanda. And something that fills us with wonder is Asian cinema. And with the Melbourne International Film Festival going on, there is a lot to be excited about. So here's a team to share some of their most anticipated flicks for the film festival right here, right now. So the 70th Melbourne International Film Festival has made its return this month with a wide variety of Australian and international films uh, across Melbourne um, and some regional Victorian cinemas as well, um, as well as through MIFPlay, which is their virtual streaming service. 
Um, so it's been out for about a week now, but there is still going to be showings all the way up till the end of August. And because we are Asian Pop Nation, we wanted to talk about a bunch of Asian-specific films um, that we think are notable. Uh, and also because we are secretly or not so secretly into films in general, um, we wanted to talk about these Asian films that are included in the 2022 MIF lineup for the year. Um, yeah, wow. does it imagine liking films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's crazy. From the films that I've seen, they're always like packed cinemas. Because I went to watch uh-huh. Broker yesterday, and they screened Broker on two, I believe, in two different cinemas at Hoyt, and they were both packed. Like, All like packed? Two, like they were like full, full. Oh my god, um, which is crazy. Um, Damn. Because I've never seen that many people in a cinema. Wait, but you watched Broker, right? Yes, I did. Was it good? Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it is by the very famous Japanese director whose name escapes me right now. Uh-huh. Um, yes, him. Um, yeah, so obviously what everyone said before, it's a really good movie about family dynamics and what it means to be a family. Um, it's got such a stacked cast. It's got Song Kang-ho from Parasite, but also he's just a staple of Korean cinema. Um, they've also got Ayu and Bei Duna, who I think are great actors. Um, I just think it's a really good, good movie in general that um, a lot of people should see. Um, on top of that, while we're talking about Kore Eda, I wanted to talk about another film called My Small Land, which is directed not by Kore Eda, but by a new debut director called Emma Kawawada, who is actually Kore Eda's uh, protege. So it's her... Protege? Yeah, like, uh. like his, his student, I guess. Um, and it's a, it's so basically the plot of the movie is about this Kurd family who comes from the Middle East, and because of like government prosecution, they've moved to Japan as refugees. Um, and it's just a really good, uh, such a good movie about kind of I don't know how to explain this in words. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of about like how it feels to be kind of left out both culturally, but also in terms of like government systems, like when both governments don't really want to deal with these people in the middle and then what happens to those kinds of families um, and how they try to like survive, I guess. It, it's oh, such a good Oh yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty crazy. I, mm. Wow. Yeah, I think it's also because the movie is set in Japan, so it, it's spoken in Japanese and everything like that. Uh-huh, yeah. um, Japan is such a uniform country, both in terms it of- It is, it's very strict in terms of like literally yeah. everything. And also, like, even, like, ethnically speaking, it's, like, mostly... Yeah, ethnic. yeah. So it's, you know, coming from this girl who is trying to find her own identity in a country where everyone's identity is, you know, largely the same ethnicity. Uh-huh. Um, you know, where does she draw from upon? Um, yeah, I, I won't talk too much about it, but it is yeah. such a good movie, and you, know, you need to watch it. What was the name of the movie again? It was called My Small Land. My oh, Small Land. Yeah. Okay, I'm writing that down. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Tracy, how about you? Have you looked at any of the films on the page? Seen anything interesting? Um, there's Plan Seventy Five, which we talked about like ages ago when we were on the same like on the same show where we talked about turning red. Uh huh. Plan Seventy Five is the one where um, there's a like once you turn seventy five, there's a government program where you can like choose to euthanize yourself. Oh, euthanize yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about like you know. It's that was like, the one about the the aging population in Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's that's got to be heavy. Yeah. That's got to be a heavy film. Yeah, that's, that's pretty heavy. Um also there's there's some documentary that I kind of want to see um called Children of the Mist, which is a uh-huh. it was done by like a young Vietnamese like documentary maker who like lives with the, uh with um a Hmong family for like several years and just like filmed a lot everything and like halfway through um the daughter of the family gets like kidnapped by another kid um because um in this part in this like specific village um the practice of like bride kidnapping is still um oh yeah bride kidnapping yeah yeah they just go and they kidnap a girl and they're like you're her like she's your yeah yeah you just get married just like that yeah and uh, that seems really interesting because it's a documentary and it's like a very old tradition, but it's, you know, a documentary that was filmed like in the modern day. And she, the young girl which gets kidnapped, have, has access to like the internet and all that. So it's like mm-hmm. an interesting like culture versus modern. What else? Ethan, I remember it um, off air. You mentioned this weird film called Battle Cry. And I'm looking at the page right now and it looks ridiculously crazy. Doesn't it look awesome? It looks awesome, dude. Okay. Um, so Battle Cry. 
this is coming from Japan. It is a Japanese film directed by uh, what Yanakaya, and the whole thing is uh, this weird CG animated urban sci-fi film, all done by the one dude Yanakaya, like on his own computer. He made it, and if you look at it right now, it looks like the craziest PS One game you will ever see. Like it's so cool. Like it's a very like the it's there's a very big sprawling environment. You know, it reminds me of um, it's like Hong Kong. Yeah, it looks very Blade Runnery as well. Yeah, dude, I, I'm definitely gonna watch this. Um, no idea what the story is about, but damn it, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out because it's yeah. better to go in blind sometimes. Uh, I wanted to mention Return to Dust, which is a Chinese film. Oh um, yeah. Unfortunately, as of recording, both sessions are sold out, so you can't really watch them. Wow. Uh, but if they do set up new sessions, I've heard really good things about this. Um, it, basically, it's about two elder, like two elderly um, people in rural China, mm-hmm. and they're kind of forced into an arranged marriage. But then they kind of, over time, develop. You know, yeah, they uh, actually fall in love with each yeah. other. Yeah, it's really. It's cute. Wholesome, I've heard. It's like really nice. Um, this director apparently is very popular in China because he does a lot of stuff about these kinds of relationships. Um, uh-huh. Stories that you don't really normally hear from a Chinese mm-hmm. film. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, age-wise, it's nice to see, you know, older people, you know, getting some romantic spotlight. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's always young people, man. To hell with these young guys. So obviously that's not all the movies um, in MIF that have, you know, Asian cast or creators behind them and it's certainly not all the movies in the myth program um so definitely check out the program on their website because they have what must be like hundreds of movies on here that you can check out in this month yeah let us know if there are any movies that you have checked out in myth um and anything that we should maybe talk about if you'd like to hear us talk about that let us know on asian pop nation on facebook twitter and instagram thank you thank you (laughs) You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We played High School in Jakarta by Nikki from her new album, Nicole. After that, we played Chai's My Dream. And then that last song you heard, we jumped over to Hong Kong and played Lai Ying's Dongjing Mang Because we are most certainly sleepwalking into another Japanese anime slash manga discussion, this time about chainsaw man so jp and lee are here to kick us off with this discussion enjoy hey you like chainsaws and you like men yeah well you're gonna like what we're gonna talk about right now chainsaw man Woo! so we're pretty excited for this because as you know chainsaw man is a really big manga and the anime is uh coming i believe this october right lee yep yeah it's coming pretty exciting uh but for the people that don't know what chainsaw man is it is a well-loved manga series written and drawn by tatsuki fujimoto and in terms of the story it's about this kid named denji he is poor he is hungry and after making a contract with a dog-like devil called Pochita, he fuses with him and becomes the chainsaw man. Uh, like, chainsaws come out of his head and, like, his arms. He just does chainsaw stuff. He's pretty cool. Uh, but eventually, he gets uh, joined with the public safety devil hunters. They're a big organization who basically fight against devils when they become a threat on the world. So, yeah, it's a very, very crazy story. And we're talking about it because a new trailer came up. Yeah, Lee, did you see it? I did. Yeah, very, any thoughts? Very cool. Very cool. Very nice. <laughs> very cool, very nice. I don't know that's, what to say. I'm just excited. You Actually, guys do not sound of... like... Oh, no, sorry. Oh. Listen, Leisha, we're going through a flu season right now. Everyone is sick. Like, I have a cough drop in my mouth right now. Like, Probably shouldn't admit that on <laughs> speaking. But yeah, sure, go ahead. Yes, we're all sick. But no, but seriously, I'm excited for it. Because this is being animated by MAPPA. And they're known for uh, just being good at animating. And the trailer, uh, yeah, it looks cool. There's a lot of movement, a lot of action. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Any th- Lee, any thoughts on, like, the actual... G- give us a rundown. Like, analyze it. Like, animation wise how's it look amazing mapa doing the thing once again yes um, for sure but yeah yeah gonna, yeah i don't know the colors 
Oh, the colors, colors. right. The colors. Yeah. So for people that haven't watched it, um, Chainsaw Man, the new trailer, of course, there's a lot of action, lots of cool movement. However, my personal gripe is that uh, the colors are a little dull. Like, would you agree with me, Lee? Yeah, compared Yeah. to like the manga covers, Yeah. they're very, very colorful. Yeah, dude, the manga covers, they're like, it's like someone broke a bunch of glow sticks on your face. Like, that's what it looks like, you know, really colorful. So, you know, I'm not sure what they're going for um, with the tone of this anime, but hopefully, hopefully they get some more um, color in there, Yes. you know? Yeah. Anyone have any questions <laughs> about? Lee, we're the only people here that read Chainsaw Man. Okay. Like, <laughs> I just... I mean, I know Leisha is like kind of, she wants to know like, what is the hype? Oh, We're yes. pushing her. Yeah. 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 I, I've asked this many questions like off air. Okay. For listener background knowledge, these two always talk about Chainsaw Man All the off time. air Every time. every time and pretty much get the rest of us to be like, yeah, guys, read it. Like, uh, 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 type of thing. And it just, And no one does, by no the way. one does. <laughs> Yeah, we're the most obnoxious people when it comes to Chainsaw Man. It's awesome. But yes, my biggest question is always like, like, I don't understand what is, I guess, what's the appeal of it? What's like getting everyone so hyped about it that it's so popular and everyone loves it, you know? I think, Leisha, I think the appeal is that the story is strong. Yeah. Yeah, like really strong. Leisha, you know how a lot of um shonen stories, they get really into like the whole battle tactics thing? Like, yeah, I did this cool uh, trick thing and now you've been tricked. And then the villain's like, ah, oh, not so fast. And then, you know, it's just, a, it's like, it's just a bunch of bull. Like, you know, Yes, what I mean? <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Chainsaw Man has literally none of that. Like, it's like the fights, they serve the story. You know what I mean? And the whole story, it's about Denji growing up and like figuring out what he wants in life. And so a lot of the time, the fights, uh, like, they just happ
these names right now. I don't know much about voice actors, and I really wish Aaron was here right now to help me out. But uh, literally, <laughs> I have not. Yeah, Aaron, I have not heard of any of these guys. Um, the person who is voicing Denji is called Kikunosuke Toya. Anyone heard of Anyone heard of him? No. He's like hmm. a funny guy. Um, but I mean, what else for the character Makima Tomori Kusunoki, and for Aki Hayakawa, one of the other characters. The voice actor is Shogo Sakata, and for our girl Power, it is Fido's Eye. Oh, yes. Yeah, she voice acted for Jolene, I think. Jolene, ah, from from JoJo. JoJo, yeah, the JoJo. And ah. She's half Japanese and half Egyptian. Whoa, that's crazy. Also, as I was doing a little little research about it, besides the um girl that Lee mentioned just now, the three others they are kind of around our age group. Huh? Uh, like one of, I mean, one of them is straight up like she's 1999, which is like my year. Yeah. And like, and her birthday's on December 22nd. Dear God, I'm old. Man, we're getting old. Her. And like the two others are just in 1998. So they're oh. all just like in like their 20s, which is yeah, like these crazy. are really young actors. They're up and coming. Like, yeah. Damn. And they, yeah. And like you said, this is a pretty big project, so it's like yeah. this will be very good exposure for them. Hopefully, yeah. And you know, for you know, for a story this crazy, it's almost sort of fitting. You know, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Lee, you excited? Yes. Yes. To see one of my favorite mangas come. Yes, to for sure. Hope. For yeah. Sure. It's got to be good. Let's you know, fingers crossed. Comes out good. Comes out fun. But uh, dear listener, if you're excited for the chainsaw of the man <laughs> let us know on facebook twitter and instagram at asian pop nation we always want to hear your thoughts especially for something as cool as this yeah woof, woof. this is asian pop nation on sin we played hawk rock b's flying fish diary from hawk rock b's latest ep after that we jumped over to korea with a song by q man called the wave it's very sunshiny honky tonk retro stuff but if you like that kind of music but missed out on that song be sure to check that one out and that last song you heard was Bofsudong Cooler's Tasty from their new collab EP Love Sand because something that is very tasty is spam staple in a lot of Asian dishes surprisingly so we're going to talk a little bit about our love for spam and a bit of our history of bringing Asian lunches to school um, I actually stumbled upon this little article that was posted on the South China Morning Post on the 7th of August. And pretty much this author wrote like a whole piece about how lunch and meat, uh, specifically spam, which is very commonly used in a lot of like Asian recipes, maybe for some of us, like it brings fond memories for you. I don't know, spam fried rice or something that you like to. Spam is awesome. Spam is awesome. Yeah. It is amazing. But yes, it's amazing to us. But like, you know, the article specifically talked about how, like, you know, spam used to be considered, like, kind of, like, low-life food type of thing because just it's just food that people aren't familiar with if you haven't cooked with it a lot. And pretty much we talked about how there's been, like, an evolution, I, I would say, about how lunch and meat isn't really considered a, quote-unquote, secret shame food anymore over the recent years. Obviously, there's a lot of popular dishes now, kind of like pudetige, like Korean ame stew, which utilizes spam um and then in hawaii especially very popular spam musubi which is like luncheon luncheon meat on like a rice ball wrapped in seaweed and yeah and then as i was reading to the article that was like an interesting um quote that i guess it was a personal antidote by an asian australian food writer named jess ho and it was still in regards to like spam but she was talking about how and i'll read the quote here for a long time spam was her secret shame ingredient because of a classic lunchbox moment she experienced when she brought out spam sandwiches at school to the disgust of her classmates and then she said that i realized it was a quote-unquote low-class food in australia when this situation happened personally for me it's a bit of a blast of the past moment i don't know if you listen to our back to school show way back some of us touched on a little bit about it, of our food experiences. Um, but I guess this time I wanted to talk a little bit more about it. If any of you guys had like a similar experience of like Asian food that I guess was a secret shame. I've never, I've actually never been ashamed of eating spam. Like, I don't know where yeah, that came same. from. Dude, I I'm used sure to always it... eat spam. Yeah, yeah. yeah, same. I 
I, I think it just might be the experience from growing up, bringing yeah. those kinds of lunch to school. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because my, my school wasn't particularly diverse, but people were accepting. I suppose. Oh, they, wanted, right. they wanted some. Yeah. Yeah, my mom used to cook this really cool recipe. She got spam. She sliced it into pieces. And then she'd mix eggs into an omelette and she'd cook the spam um like on a, a pan. Omelet. Yeah, yeah. And she'd pour oh, the omelette on it. It was I so good. That yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. And it's good. terrible that we're talking that about good. this in like the later portion of the show because now we're gonna be oh, hungry. Yeah, I am so hungry. We'll have breakfast, a late yeah. night breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so good. Oh my oh, god. god. But, but Lee, listen, you said you had an experience yeah. with this. <laughs> Literally any food that I brought to my primary school was just weird, smelly, like not real food. Like, oh. I would bring, um, yeah, I, I brought Spam to school, like, with rice in, like, a little bento box that my uh-huh. mom made, obviously, every morning. And there would be, like, that's not real meat. Like, oh, like, no. What is that? Like, like, I don't know. It was just. It's like, fake meat, right? It's fake meat. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know. I, honestly, what, what even is Wait, is it real meat? I can't. I don't know either. <laughs> well, it just tastes good. It's so yeah, good. It's just like, good. who cares? <laughs> And like yeah. I would have seaweed, like dried seaweed, and they would be like, "Don't eat cellophane." Like, oh my god, like you're eating grass, uh... and then they would, sh- oh my god, they like shove grass into my mouth. But anyways, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> wow, Dude, that, they like literally hell. bullied you. They, what yeah. the hell? But and prawn crackers as sushi? well. Back then, I don't think it was a thing, or like at least not for white children. <laughs> <laughs> And now they're probably all like, oh my gosh, I went to like the sushi train restaurant. Yeah. It is like so amazing. Yeah. It's like authentic. Your, your so impression authentic. is really good, Sonia. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, what was I saying? About prawn sushi. crackers. Oh yeah, prawn, yeah crackers. prawn crackers. Like I, I don't know. I didn't think it smelled, but everyone had to like move away from me because it smelled bad. Really? Oh, this one God. girl wouldn't admit that she liked it but she would ask me for some and she's like oh i'm only eating this because i'm intrigued not because i like it yeah just say it's good like oh my god yeah Dude, that's insane she's in the closet that, yeah pretty much uh, yeah anything that wasn't a normal peanut butter sandwich like i started bringing peanut butter sandwiches to school for oh, like no. after that Anyways, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Just I'm past that phase now. Now everyone thinks Asian food's so cool and mm. quote unquote exotic. Ugh. Man, we were in the trenches. Trenches. God. It's so depressing. Like there's only like a narrow spectrum of food that you can bring, which is like it, it's like not not like first of all, it can't be hot food because anything that's hot will stink, will mm. smell. Um, and then it has to be like food that you can pick up with your hands. So it has to be wrapped in something that isn't sticky. Like, so that's why sandwiches are just like the automatic option. It's like sandwiches and like anything that has a plastic wrapping on it that you can buy from a supermarket from like the snack aisle. There's like, that's a primary school lunch for like a white kid. It's uh, not a lot of variety there. No, it's <laughs> weird. Spam has always been like, like it's a good, it's like, it's American. It's like, it's, it's neat looking. Like, if you'd actually bought, like, actual meat, like, say, like, a roast lamb, like, just, or, or, like, a chicken leg. My mom used to, like, make me, like, chicken, like, bring chicken legs to school. And also, like, oh. boiled eggs. Um, oh, right. Like, she'd be like, yeah, you just take it out with the bone and you just hold onto the bone and, and nobble onto it. And I'm like, that's uncivilized. Or <laughs> but it is very portable. I also have very, very similar experience to leave. So definitely I don't come from the happy end of the spectrum mm. of like, I bring my food and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. I want to share. For some reason that only happened if I brought like noodles, but I think because they associate that with like, oh, they're just instant noodles. So for them, the yeah, cup noodles, like everyone. Yeah, yeah. So that's likes. like their association. And they would just like pick it up from my like Tupperware without asking with their, with their hands? fingers. Ew. With their Disgusting. fingers. Disgusting. And I'm just like, okay i guess i'll starve like <laughs> okay okay but we just we like we unfortunately lucked out australia it it took some time with us with yeah. australia oh i had a happy oh you got a happy ending not oh yeah like near the end of school my mom just like randomly made sushi and she made me bring it and i was like no everyone's gonna hate it but i brought it anyways because i was forced to anyways everyone loved it my teacher was like wow your mom is so nice like she didn't even have to do that like and I was like, oh, okay, what, what changed? <laughs> what changed? I guess just, like, but, yeah, 
I guess just like what the article mentioned, just like, I don't know, the slow progression of society and people are like, oh, that's not so scary after all, even though it never was scary to begin with. <gasps> um, but yeah. <laughs> Anyone here ever eaten fish balls? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah they're good. You know, I was always ashamed ashamed about eating fish balls at school because never someone asked me, hey, what are you eating? I gotta <laughs> say, I'm eating fish balls, right? And so, you know, they make fun of me. Ha ha, you're eating fish balls. <laughs> and I'd be, like, I'd be like, oh, screw you, man. It tastes good. But then it was like, oh, crap, I can't say that. <laughs> like, I beat 40 chest, like, <laughs> within the first three moves. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, like, oh, no, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, you had to make some fun new name up for it. Yeah, you know. And then, you know, I, since I was a kid, I didn't know what they were made of either. So I had to question myself, like, are these actually, like, fish's <laughs> balls? Or, like, are they just fish meat, like, turned into balls? I, I don't know. I um, had the same experience, JP. Yeah. That's my dad. Listen, uh, if you got those sorts, of, if you've had those sorts of experiences as well, just, like, eating weird food or, or like, food that people think is weird, uh, let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Asian Pop Nation. Woo. Fish balls. Damn, they're good. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Asian Pop Nation. We played Melena's Sweet Sour Legacy. After that, we played Mood Lamp from Girls' Generation. Good to have them back. And that last song was Bijun's Warm Heart from her new album of the same name because something that we are definitely needing a little bit of is something to warm our hearts, especially if we're feeling quiet, sick or under the weather so a team and sharing some of their asian remedies and some that might work for you it's a cold harsh winter maria ivanovna slows through the snow in the forest aha a cabin dimly lit in the distance she goes in looking for a safe place to be but she opens the door and alas the Asian Pop Nation crew are sitting around. Oh a fire. my god. <laughs> it's so sad that we're like a radio show because if you saw Xenia and Tracy's reaction <laughs> the entire time, they were just... transported. Lisha, <laughs> I didn't know where I went. the crew calls out to Maria Ivanovna, are you feeling sick in this cold <laughs> and harsh winter season? <laughs> well, we have some Asian <laughs> remedies for you. You want Alicia. to see our drawers of Chinese herbs and medicine? <laughs> Alicia, tell us what is in the Chinese cabinet. <laughs> this is why we're not an audio fiction podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that performance. I think we should be. I'm crying. <laughs> okay. Okay, but listen, um, if you don't know what's going on, um yes. Okay, it's actually all right, context. Everyone's feeling it. It's cold down here in Melbourne. Uh, colds and sickness run amok amongst the general populace. And uh, yeah, it really sucks. And so here, we're here to discuss uh, Asian remedies for colds and stuff and just, you know, getting sick. I know I need some remedies. I'm feeling sick right now, Alicia. And I know you're recovering too. I am in the recovery stage. I'm gonna ask you, Leisha. Huh? Have you been using any Asian remedies to uh, treat your condition? Unfortunately, I have gone the untraditional route of Panadol. Panadol. <laughs> Betraying my Asian ancestors Cursed as I speak. Curse. But I mean, let's say we look into your past and, you know, look at past cases past of cases. being sick. <laughs> okay. Right? You know, yes. like, give us some Asian remedies. I mean, can't talk about Asian remedies without bringing up Tiger Bomb, the icon, the legend. Wait, JP, do you not know Tiger Bomb? I've heard of it, but like, I have no idea what it is. Oh, oh my God, Lisha, yeah. Lisha. What? It's from Singapore. <gasps> it's Singaporean? Oh, I can't talk about it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Distributed by the Singaporean company. I'm like legally oh, not allowed to speak about <laughs> Lee, come on! You got to, you got to help us. Leisha's being petty about Singaporeans. I'm on the website, and their motto is "Pain happens, suffering is optional." <laughs> Yo, it's lit! I love Tiger. Yeah, these guys are cool. It's just yeah. like this okay. spicy gel that you put on anything, and uh-huh. you're done. Like you're healed. This is really like, you're healed. what? Like is it like Vicks? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. It's better than Vicks, but yeah. Oh, like, oh really? Better packaging. She's better full stop. Mm, and the have, smell? Oh. What's the smell like? Spicy. Yeah, what Lou said. If that goes under your eyes, you're done for. Oh, yeah. No, 100% for sure. <laughs> no, that's a good strat by Filipino moms to get their kids to sleep. Like, they just put Vicks on the eyelids. <laughs> that way they oh, can't God, open no. their eyes. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> no, don't actually do that. But that is a strat they use sometimes. Yeah. How about you, Xenia? Any Asian remedies you find yourself turning to? It's like remedies my mom always pushed for. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's like, Asian, I'm presuming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is. But, like, if you're feeling sick, drink green tea. It's a uh, very common one. Um, And just sleep. Just sleep. You're just like, sleep. if you've got a headache, sleep. If you've got a cough, sleep. And Vicks. Lots of Vicks. I had, like, a sinus infection and so she just like put vicks around the edges of a bowl put uh-huh. boiling water and uh-huh. then made me put my head oh like like a steam yeah like steam like a plastic bag over to make it a steamer no that does work that does work it does work but yeah. it was like this is such a makeshift it's, it's weird version. but like it works yeah. We don't want to pay for like a purifier humidifier. <laughs> no, no, that <laughs> does work. I have you guys I have... Ever have like the egg, like a hard boiled egg, and then you like rub it on yourself. And what the <laughs> hell? Oh, is that? Yeah. Yes. So Give us some context. You, so I remember this. I was in Malaysia as oh, like, God. a little little kid. Uh-huh. And I had like a fever and a cold, I think. And my auntie, pretty much what you do is you you boil an egg, hard boil it, and you put a coin inside the egg. Oh. And you wrap the egg in like a handkerchief or towel or anything and you just rub it all over your body. And then it will absorb bad energy from your body. Oh. And then the coin will turn black. Oh. And I honestly don't remember if the coin turned black or not because I was lying down. But like when they opened it, Everyone was like, whoa, so I guess it turned black. <laughs> Wait, w- when you say put the coin yeah. in the egg, like, do you peel the egg and oh, then? Oh, yeah. So you it- peel the egg and then you, sh- like, just shove it in the middle. Uh-huh. Oh, and then, you- and then you wrap it in a handkerchief. And- yeah. oh, okay, that's interesting. Wow. Except I don't know about this one, if this actually... <laughs> Yeah, it has a little showmanship to it. Like, yeah. show. like it has yeah. a reveal at the end. Very suspenseful. <laughs> you know? That is. <laughs> Man, but that's cool. That's an interesting one. It's almost no, sort was... of mystical. Yeah, like pagan yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. Now, mine, I had a headache the other day, and mum was just like, I'm going to boil an egg. You like put it over your eye socket. So uh, you oh. Like, there was no coin involved. It was just like. The egg absorbs it. Put an yeah. egg on eye. Yeah. yeah, just like roll it around, it will make you feel better. Although, mum, I'm very olive, right? My complexion is kind of olive, uh-huh. and she's mm-hmm. just like, that's what you don't sleep enough. <laughs> if you sleep more, your skin will become white. Really? Like oh. a porcelain doll. Okay. Your skin is olive because you don't sleep enough, and that means your liver is compromised because <gasps> um, if you don't go to bed before 11, like your liver just suffers. That is insane. And like yeah. every every hour of the day, there's like a specific organ that it corresponds to that your body is like repairing. And if you're asleep at that time, your body repairs that organ better. So Whoa. At like eleven o'clock, or whatever is like the liver hour. <laughs> so <laughs> if you go to bed before then, then you have a good liver. If you go to bed after then, your liver is not good, and you're olive apparently. I was going to say, judging by the time right now, it seems like everyone's getting bad livers. At time of recording, it's literally eleven or eleven p.m. Something mythical is going on. Make a wish, guys. Oh, no, it's 11, 12 now. No, oh, never bad. mind. No, no wish. <laughs> on my end, oh, I can't think of too many remedies, but one remedy that's really popular in the Philippines is the use of efficacent oil. What's that? It's this type of oil. It sort of seeps into your skin and it gives sort of like a really gentle, I guess, like hot feeling. Like, I remember when I was visiting the Philippines and I got really sick as a kid and, like, my whole body was just, like, weak and, like, sore, right? And so my grandma, what she did, she used this efficacent oil and, oh, man, it's like it's like deep heat, you know, goes into your skin, you know, warms up your muscles, really loosens them up, you know. Anyway, uh, is that it? Yeah, I reckon that 
Russian woman in your tale? Yes, I guess. How shall we end this? Maria Ivanovna, perturbed by the appearance of these strange Asians in this cabin in the middle of the woods in northern Russia, decides that she's too tired to deal with this. And so she goes to a corner of the cabin and sleeps. And as she sleeps, she thinks to herself, perhaps maybe the viewers would also have some thoughts. Maybe they have some remedies they could give me in my dreams, which they could uh, drop in on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram of Asian Pop Nation. I'm sure they'll come to me as I sleep. The end. (laughs) Damn, this book sucks. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We played I'm So Tired by George featuring Thama. After that, we played She's in a Cage by Wadfa. And that last song was Our Shame's Claire. And just like Claire in the lyrics, we are in fact leaving you and leaving you so soon because... If you come to the end of our show, so if you've missed out on tonight's show, be sure to check it out wherever you stream your podcast. We'll be uploading a podcast version of the show there, as well as check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to check out our playlists. And if you want to listen to them, you can always go to our Spotify account where we post our playlists each week. And to top it all off, we are going to finish the night with a song by Mark Natama called Salabaka Pertanda. A bit like a, you know, Versace on the floor kind of vibe to this song. We hope you like it and it's a nice sensual send-off here tonight on Sin's Asian Pop Nation. <laughs> <laughs>